Good afternoon and welcome to Great Sacred Music. My name is Rachel and I sing soprano with St. Martin's Voices and it's a pleasure to be presenting our Upper Voices programme today on the theme of Lift Thine Eyes. You just heard Felix Mendelssohn's setting of this text from his Oratorio Elijah, which has become one of Britain's most enduringly popular choral works. Elijah was composed in 1846 and its narrative is made up of events from the life of the prophet Elijah found in the first and second book of Kings in the Old Testament. Lift Thine Eyes features in part two of the oratorio and is set for a trio of two sopranos and an alto. At this point in the narrative, Elijah awaits God on Mount Horeb, longing for death. However, angels arrive to restore his spirit with the words, lift thine eyes to the mountains. Mendelssohn sets this movement in a brilliant D major key signature and has all three voices rising in the opening line, cleverly evoking a heavenly sound, and it has the feeling of lifting. But our attention is also drawn to the mention of mountains in this text. So many times in scripture, God himself is called a rock or compared to a rock. Uh, Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse four, for example, declares he is the rock. And in Psalm 18, we also find the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. So we have these ideas of protection, steadfastness and endurance being attached to God throughout the Bible. At Great Sacred Music, it is tradition to sing hymns together, and our first hymn today, O God, the Rock of Ages, draws upon this very symbol of God as a rock. As we sing, take note of how Edward Bickersteth's text uses contrasting images to represent the fragility of mankind as opposed to God, the strong rock. Please remain seated to sing while the voices stand and lead us.
Schubert's setting of Psalm 23, Gott ist mein Hirt, or the Lord is my shepherd, seems to be the music of angels, materializing out of thin air with a twinkling piano accompaniment and returning to the ether with long sustained chords fading away at the end of the piece. Indeed, Schubert is extremely apt in his word setting in the final bars of the piece, in des Evgen Haus, meaning the eternal home, is set to lengthen note values and broader word setting. Psalm 23 is well known for its metaphor of a shepherd's care to describe the wisdom and kindness of God. And in this imagery, we have echoes of the same sentiment from Mendelssohn's Lithfine Eyes text, Thy help cometh from the Lord. After Schubert, we are going to return to Mendelssohn's music with the first two of his dry motetten, Opus 39, Veni Domine and Laudate Pueri. Mendelssohn wrote these works for women's voices after a visit to Trinita dei Monti, the church at the top of the Spanish steps in Rome. He visited in 1830 and having heard the nuns sing there, he wrote this in a letter to his parents. The French nuns sing there and it is wonderfully lovely. I will compose something for their voices, which I remember exactly. The first motet, Veni Domine, meaning Come, Our Lord God, is a call to God. And though the melody is fairly solemn, it is not heavy or dreary, but full of lilt and dancing rhythms. In the second motet, Laudate Pueri, or Praise the Lord, the choir quotes from Psalm 113, verses 1 to 2. Praise the Lord, ye servants, O praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. The melody is firm rather than a wild and flamboyant style you might get in Baroque music. Um, and praise the Lord just lends a sense of, sense of strength and command and to an otherwise joyful lyric. So let's see how well we managed to imitate the French nuns in our performance. But first, Schubert's beautiful setting of Psalm 23. Thank you. 
The Thirty Years' War was one of the most violent and destructive times in European history. Following Emperor Ferdinand's enforced Catholicism throughout Europe, millions died as theological and political powers fought in an attempt to establish freedom of religion, and many more perished in plagues and famines. In the aftermath of all this suffering, Martin Rinkart, a German Lutheran clergyman and humanist, wrote the hymn, Nun danket alle Gott, or Now thank we all our God. The text of the hymn is quite surprising in the face of such horrendous times. However, Rinkart's sentiment was one of gratitude, given that God had spared his life. How does this hymn link to our theme for the day, you might ask? Well, various images throughout the hymn implore us to lift our eyes, and rather than dwelling on earthly suffering, we are encouraged to shift our focus to him who reigns in highest heaven, and therefore literally lift our eyes. So let's lift our voices now too, as we sing together the joyous hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. We are almost at the end of our programme for today, but before I introduce our final piece, I'd like to thank you all for coming and hope you have enjoyed today's music. 
Great Sacred Music would not be possible without your ongoing support, and so we would be very grateful if you felt able to donate today, either on your way out or by other methods which can be found on the back of your sheet. Please join us again next Thursday at 1pm when we will be performing the music of one of the leading 20th century English composers, Ralph Hall Williams. Fanny Mendelssohn Hendelssohn's work is often eclipsed by the fame of her brother's music, and it is something of a tragedy that her gender prevented her from having as great a career. In her vocal trio, Wandel ich in dem Wald des Abends, or Walking in the Wood at Evening, um, we'll close today uh, our programme with this. Fanny sets a beautiful poem by one of the most significant German romantic lyricists, Heinrich Heine. During Heine's teenage years, he apparently conceived an infatuation for one and possibly both of his uncle's daughters, neither of whom had the slightest interest in mortgaging their future to their artistic cousin. His love poems, though they employ romantic materials, are therefore at the same time suspicious of them and the feelings that they represent. They are quite bittersweet and self-ironic. Perhaps Fanny Mendelssohn, too, was aware of the facade of artistic works in representing human experience. In a letter to a friend from 1841, she wrote, We try to ornament and prettify our lives. That's the advantage of artists, that they can strew such beautifications about for those nearby to take an interest in. When we delve into the secular text of Wandel ich in dem Werk des Abends, we find images of a wood full of dreams, and in the last verse, a lover's tears are compared to flowing water. So to juxtapose such illusory imagery with that which we found in our earlier sacred text, where God is a constant and trusty rock, perhaps we are forced to reflect upon the fallibility of human life compared with the steadfastness of God and therefore lift up our eyes from earthly distractions and focus on higher things. Thank you.